All right, let's jump into the sermon. And I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to ask the question, and then I'm going to count to three, and I want you to yell out the first thing that came to your mind. All right? I'm going to ask a question, and then I'm going to count to three, and I want you to yell out the very first thing that came to your mind. What do you treasure? What do you treasure? One, two, three. All right, I heard a whole bunch of Jesus. Excellent, fantastic. Heard some other things, fantastic. Today, we are on week two of our new series called Jesus Economics, The End of Money Problems. And last week, if you weren't here, we talked about contentment. And we went over a whole bunch of stats about money problems that, at, that we are facing on a, daily, on a daily basis. And for some of us, we have money problems, we used to have money problems, or we may have money problems one day. And even if that's not you, I can assure you this, you are surrounded by people who have money problems. You're surrounded by people who have money problems if you don't have money problems yourself. How do we speak intelligently to that? What does Jesus have to say about this? And so we're in this series and we want to get to this. What are Jesus' economics? What did Jesus say about money? How did Jesus look at problems, at money problems? And today, specifically, we're going to look at that Jesus treasured something. Jesus treasured something, and it's not money. Jesus treasured something, and it's not money. And I think if we got to a place, those of us who follow Jesus, if we get to a place where we treasure what Jesus treasured, I think we would see our money problems be dramatically reduced, or at the very least, the way that we saw our problems and reacted to our money problems would change dramatically. So I think this is a sermon, it could change a lot of our lives today. Today, I am going to be, my objective, my objective today is to share with you three priorities Three priorities that Jesus treasured more than money. So that's what we're getting into. Three priorities Jesus treasured more than money. And we're going to be in Luke chapter 16, verses 9 through 14. Luke 16, 9 through 14. I'll read it here in just a second. I'll give some of my commentary as well. I've got to say, this is one of my favorite chapters of Scripture. It's fascinating. It is absolutely fascinating, and it's also a bit confusing. That's why I'll, I'll, I'll explain as we go along. So, so let, let me read this, Luke 16, beginning in verse 9. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I tell you, use worldly wealth. And all right, now let me, let me pause for a second. Use worldly wealth. Scholars basically are universally in agreement. What he's saying here is use money. Like the money in your bank account, the money in your wallet, that's what he's talking about when he says use worldly wealth. To gain friends for yourselves. So that when it, the money, is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Again, scholars pretty much universally agree that this eternal dwellings means eternity with Christ. And then Jesus continues, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with a very little will also be, will be dishonest with much. So if you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, or we could say money, who will trust you with true riches? If you've not been trustworthy with someone else's property, such as money, who will give you property of your own? 
And then Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And then verse 14, the Pharisees who loved money heard all of this and were sneering at Jesus. Can you imagine their, their faces? Jesus is talking about this. Can you just imagine the faces of the Pharisees? So today, let's look at something very interesting. And as I said earlier, if we grasp, I think, half of what we're about to go into, if we treasure the things that Jesus treasured, it could radically change our lives beginning today. So let's look at three priorities Jesus treasured more than money. Number one, Jesus treasured long-term gain more than money. Jesus treasured long-term gain more than money. Anybody here like to win? Do we have anyone in the room that likes to win? Like, I'm looking out. We've got a lot of winners. You're a bunch of good-looking winners. I can see that from here. Um, I'd like to submit to you that Jesus liked to win as well. I I honestly believe that we could go through scriptures and we could make an intellectually honest statement that Christ liked winning as well. For example, the Apostle Paul takes some of of Jesus' teaching. He gives us application for it. In 1 Corinthians 9, 24, Paul says, Do you not know? that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. And we could point to many other scriptures that make this argument that Christ appreciated and wanted to win. Christ wanted to win. But let me ask you this. What does winning sound like to you? Somebody help me. What does winning sound like to you? Achieving the goal. What else? Losing? What else does winning sound like? Cha-ching? Does it sound like the waves at the beach? Does it sound like a fast car? Does it sound like a large applause? What does winning sound like to you? And Jesus told us what winning sounded like to him. And Jesus told us what every single one of us should want to hear. He tells us in Matthew 25, 23. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Now, I want you to think for a second. I want you to consider the beauty of Christ with me. Consider the beauty of the Christ with me. Jesus is the only one who truly deserved to hear well done, good and faithful servant. Like, think about that for a second. Christ, Jesus, is the only one who lived a perfect life. He's the only one who truly deserved to hear the Father say that. Well done, good and faithful servant. But, but, but just check out the beauty of the gospel here. Is that Jesus gives us the victory that Jesus alone earned. Like, like did you just see the beauty of Christ? Success sounds like hearing the Father say, well done, good and faithful servant, but Christ is the only one who is worthy to hear that. And at the heart of the gospel, the beauty of the gospel is that Christ gives us, those of us who place our faith in Christ, gives us the victory that he alone received and earned. Jesus liked to win, he is victorious, and he ran the race perfectly. 
And here in Luke chapter 16, Jesus is telling us to win as well, and he is showing us how. Jesus is giving us a playbook for winning. Right here in verse 9, look at this. I think it's one of the more confusing, so we'll camp out after we read it. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves. So when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. In this statement, Jesus is telling us plainly, use your money so that people spend eternity with Christ. He's telling us that. He's telling us, and that's, that's it. It doesn't keep on going. There, there are all these things of like the things we should be using our money on. Like that's the one thing that Christ tells us in Luke 16. Use your money so that people welcome you into eternal dwellings. Jesus is saying, use your money to point people to Christ so they will spend eternity with Christ. And as you're spending eternity with Christ, as they are spending eternity with Christ, they will welcome you into their eternal dwellings. In simple terms, use your money to show people Jesus. One of the things that we value at Essential is that we leverage what is temporary for the sake of what is eternal. We leverage what is temporary for the sake of what's eternal. And that's exactly, I mean, it comes from this passage where Jesus says, use your money to win friends so that when it is gone, it is temporary, then they may welcome you into their eternal dwellings. Jesus treasured long-term gain, eternal gain, more than the short-term gain usually brought about by money. So this morning, I, this morning, I want to ask you a question. Is your thinking more in line with an adult or in a child? Is your thinking more in line with an adult or a child? Now, don't get me wrong, as a, our, our faith is supposed to be like faith like a child. We, we see throughout the scripture, uh, we are to have faith like a child, but our thinking is to be thinking like an adult. And here, Christ is just challenging. I, I think he's pushing back, even on the culture we see today, and he's just saying, hey, are you, are you thinking about money in the sense of like long-term gain? Or are you thinking about it like a child where all you want is the instant gratification? And I think it's a good question for us to ask ourselves. I know it's a question I've been asking myself a bunch this week. Do I think like an adult or do I think like a child? Am I using everything I have for short-term gain or am I using it to make long-term eternal investments in the kingdom of God? And those of us who follow Christ, like we've got to wrestle through this ourselves. Like what are you living for? Don't answer that out loud. Don't answer that out loud. But what are you living for? And as a pastor, I, I take my role here very seriously. And if this is your church, like just as your pastor, like one, like one of my desires is that you, as you pass from this life to next life, that you will hear the Father say, well done, good and faithful servant. I, I, I'm praying that like as you pass from this life to the next life, like you hear that slow 80s clap. You know what I'm saying? You're like, yes. I'm hoping you hear that slow clap. And the Father says, well done, good and faithful servant. Are you thinking like an adult or a child? Do you treasure long-term gain the way that Christ treasured it over money? Let's look at number two. Jesus is more passionate. And he treasures being trustworthy more than money. Jesus treasures being trustworthy more than he treasured money. Look at Luke 16, 10 through 12. 
Who can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? If you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? Think with me for a moment about the Old Testament law or the Mosaic law. Or if you're new to church, this is, these are the laws that, that God gave to Moses and Moses gave to the Israelites. We see it in the Old Testament part of our scripture. Uh, many scholars, they, they study the Old Testament law and they, they agree. Like this is how the Israelites should have lived. Like if the Israelites were living like this, that would have been a very good thing. And today, uh, scholars and those of us who, who study the Bible, we, we look at what Christ has commanded us to do and we look at that and we say, yeah, that is the way life should be lived. If we lived life the way that Christ commanded us to live, many of our problems would go away. Many of our problems would go away. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it would be certain problems brought on by the fall and sin, but a lot of our problems would go away if we all lived by the teachings of Christ. And so some of us, we, we continue going down that path. We think, okay, life would be better if I did it Christ's way. And then we attempt to do it Christ's way perfectly. And we find out just how impossible that is. Or at least how impossible it has been for me. Like the more we see the beauty of Christ, the more we say, okay, I'm going to live life Christ's way. I mean, we try to do it Christ's way. We try to live the perfect life doing everything the way that we're supposed to do it. And we find just how challenging that is. Am, am I alone on that? Anybody tried to live your life for Christ and you just realize like how, how tough this walk is? And again, I point you just to the beauty of Christ. If you only learn one thing today, I pray that you would just see more just how beautiful Jesus is. And here's the beauty. He fulfilled the law. He did it. Perfectly. Jesus is the only person who is perfectly trustworthy in fully loving God and others. Jesus is the only person who perfectly obeyed, who perfectly was found trustworthy in obeying the law. And in the real shocker, the one person who deserved accolade and reward for doing what no one else was able to do, sacrificed to myself on the cross for the imperfect. Again, it's just the heart of the gospel. The one who deserved reward gave himself up for the imperfect, for you and for me. And Jesus didn't just go to the cross to save great people. Like, that's not the gospel. The gospel is not that, that Jesus came to save a bunch of good people. The gospel is that Jesus came to earth, went to the cross to save his enemies, to save sinners. In Romans 5a says, God demonstrated his own love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So what would, like think with me, what would compel Jesus to be 100% trustworthy to do what the Father told him to do? Like, like track with me on this. What would compel Jesus to be 100% trustworthy if Jesus knew at the end of the race, if after being 100% trustworthy, he was still going to die a torturous death by crucifixion? Like, think with me, don't say it out loud, but what would compel Jesus to be 100% trustworthy if he knew after he was 100% trustworthy, he was going to the cross? The answer is that Christ treasured you. You. You're the reason Christ was 100% trustworthy and afterwards submitted himself to the cross. It's you. 
Jesus treasured you more than he treasured money. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 8 through 10, we see Satan tempting Christ with money, treasure, power, influence. Satan tried to stop the mission, but Christ was found trustworthy. And because of that, we have been given life. Culture says, earn all the treasure you can. Culture says, earn all the treasure you can, and then you will be satisfied. And we, we, see, this in, we see this in culture. We see this in TV. We see this in ads. We, we see this in magazines. We hear it all the time. We, we, at work or at school, it's just this idea of, hey, let's amass all the treasure we can. And when we do that, we will find the contentment that we've been looking for. That, that's a message that we hear from culture. Religion says something different. Religion says, religion says, hey, if we live good lives, if we live lives right, then God will give us all of these things, all of the cars and the houses and the nice things and the vacations, so that we can treasure those things. I mean, if you hear the message that really comes from us, at us, uh, to us from religion, it usually is that. If you do all these right things, you will earn a favor from God. He will give you these things, and then you can treasure those things. Then you will be satisfied. But the gospel tells us something radically different from both of those things. The gospel tells us that Christ left his treasure because he treasured you more. Christ left his treasure for a season because he loved and treasured you more. Christ left the Father's right hand for a season so that we could spend eternity with him. Your sin, listen to this, your sin has done more harm than you can ever imagine. Your sin has done more harm than you could ever imagine. But you are more loved than you could have ever dreamed for. Like that, that, that's what the gospel tells us. And when we see that, we realize that Christ is our treasure. Culture is going to tell you, earn all the things you can. Treasure those things. Religion says, hey, just be a good boy or be a good girl. And God will give you those things and then you can treasure those things. But the gospel says... That your sin caused more harm than you could ever imagine. But you are more loved than you ever dreamed for. And Christ left his treasure because he treasured you and the Father more. Any Hunger Game fans in your room today? Anybody here like the movies or the books, Hunger Games? Yeah, two of you have got the courage to stick your hand up. I know you all love it. Um, there's this great scene in the Hunger Games where Prim Everdeen is selected as the tribute for her, for her district. And if you've seen the movie, you recognize the scene where Prim, the little girl, was selected as tribute. And if you're unfamiliar with the movies or the books, this is, in effect, a death sentence for the little girl. But then her older sister, Katniss, runs and takes her place. Katniss says, I volunteer myself. Let her alone take me. This, in this scene, in this movie, or in the book, it, it, it shows what Christ has done for us. Because of our sin, we deserve the wrath of God. Jesus runs, takes our place. He takes the wrath of God, not for the sin that he earned, he was perfect, but for the sin each one of us earns. Do you see how beauty, beautiful Christ is? You see how beautiful Christ is. So let's bring this back to you, me, Huntsville, in the year 2017. What do you treasure? What do you treasure? Now, I'm afraid many times Christ treasured me, but I treasure comfort and luxury. 
Like if I was just being honest or if I was just being real to with you, like many times I, I, I feel the, the pull to treasure Christ, but many times my heart is pulled to just a treasuring comfort and luxury. Jesus endured the cross for his love for me. I, for my love for me, twice a year endured Gatlinburg and Gulf Shores. Jesus endured the wrath of God for my sins, but I endure my comfy recliner playing games. And there's a place for all those things. There's a place for comfy recliners and games and vacations to Gatlinburg and the beach. But I want to ask you, what do you treasure the most? Christ? Others? Or our money and the little things it affords us? There's no wonder so many of us have money problems. We treasured it more than we treasured being trustworthy to what God's called us to do. Number one, Jesus treasured long-term gain. Number two, Jesus treasured being trustworthy. And number three, Jesus is more passionate about the Father than money. Jesus treasured the Father more than money. Look at verse 13. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And I want you to think about Jesus for, for a moment. Like just, just imagine with me, Jesus was both God and man. And as a man, he enjoyed the same things that you enjoy. Like we look at the life of Jesus and we see that Jesus enjoyed hanging out with people. At times he enjoyed being alone. Jesus enjoyed helping people. Jesus enjoyed a good time and having fun. Jesus had meaningful relationships. Jesus felt pain. Jesus wanted to make the best use of his time. He had to eat. He had to sleep. And we could just go on and on and on about the similarities of Jesus and myself. And I don't know about you, but for me, I know that there's one big difference between Christ and me that I want to hone in on this morning, and that is that Jesus always chose the Father over money. Every time, Jesus always proved that he treasured the Father more than he treasured money. And we hear Jesus speaking, and he says, you can't serve two masters. Do you believe that Jesus had authority to say that, that you cannot serve two masters? Of course he did. It wouldn't be long before he'd go to the cross. But before going to the cross, he, he prays out to God. He, he says, that if there's another way, please do it. If there's another way other than the cross, please do it. And God the Father says, no, like this, this is the way it must be done. And you know that Jesus did not want his flesh to be ripped. Jesus did not want to endure the wrath of God for the sins of man. But Jesus also knew that he treasured the Father more than his own comforts and even his own life. And because of Jesus' passion for the Father, we now can be saved by his wounds. We have been healed. And there's one thing we know about Jesus is that he was more passionate about the Father than he was about money. We know that Christ treasured the Father above money. We see in John 6:38, Christ says, "I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of the one who sent me." 
In John 14, 31, it says, so that the world may know that I love the Father, I do exactly as the Father commanded me. So this morning, I want to ask you a big question. Are you as passionate about Jesus as Jesus was the Father? Do you treasure Christ the way that Christ treasured the Father? Let's be honest with ourselves. So a lot of ourselves, we, we have financial problems simply because we treasured money more than we treasured God. We treasure money more than the things that he's given us. We always want more. We want more vacations. We want better clothes, better houses. Is it possible we've become unwilling to live within our means because we're more passionate about money than God? I know I've been guilty of that. What about you? And when we see the beauty of Christ, it transforms us. We go from simply wanting to hear God's word to doing God's word. So this morning, like, how, do we, how do we apply this? If it's true and, and we see that it is, that Jesus treasured long-term gain, Jesus treasured being trustworthy, and Jesus treasured the Father, all those things more than money. If that is true, what does it mean for us today? What does it mean for us today? Well, I want to submit to you once again, Luke 16, 9. Use what is temporary to leverage what is eternal. Be generous. Be generous. Tithes and offerings to the church that you're part of. Uh, inviting neighbors over for dinner and not asking them to pay for it. It could be a way. There's lots of ways that we can be generous. But what are we treasuring the most? This morning, I, I just want to encourage you as application throughout the week to wrestle with this. Look at what Jesus treasured. Look at what Jesus treasured. What do you treasure the most? In just a couple of minutes, Chase Allen is going to come up here and he's going to talk about the Good Neighbor Project. And I couldn't be more excited. The Good Neighbor Project is an annual offering. It's something that we kick off at the end of the year. And I could not be more excited about it this year. 100% of everything that comes in, it goes out. 100% of it, it goes outside of these walls because we want to be doers of God's word. And there's some really exciting partners. We're going to be highlighting each of the partners uh, every week. And then we're going to ask that on December 3rd that we begin giving to that. If God leads you to give in that way, some of the partners that we're going to hear about over the next few weeks, uh, we're going to hear about global and domestic uh, missions. We're going to hear about our partnership with uh, His Way that we're starting up uh, this year. We're going to talk about our church plants that we're involved with in New York, in DC. We're going to talk about Good Samaritans. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited about Good Neighbor Project this year. So uh, be sure uh, when Chase uh, comes up. Here, be sure you give them uh, your attention because it's a practical way to begin applying our text today. So, in closing, Jesus treasured three priorities more than money Jesus treasured long term gain, being trustworthy, and the Father more than money. What could happen if we treasured something other than money ourselves? Is it actually possible? that looking to Jesus could be the end of our money problems? Is it actually possible that looking to Christ could be the end of our money problems?